Welcome to Rescope Radio. Suddenly, people were coming up to me saying, oh, you're the donut lady. And you think, what, what, what just happened here overnight? How- really hard to work out good solutions to tough problems if you're confused about what matters or the direction you're aiming for. That regenerative economies are springing up everywhere. Shifting all of the underpinning structures that support industrial society away from destruction and towards sustaining, nurturing and restoring life. Maybe there's a way that we can learn to sustainably produce from the landscape. And that's where we have to go, you know, not where we're right and then people feel wrong because of their beliefs or the education or the ideology or the religion or whatever. It's just not, it just can't, you can go there. And you'll see, we know exactly what happens, which is you get pushed back. I think as a society, we put we can put a price on the guy that, you know, his wages in the tractor to plant the crop and the person that has to harvest it or sort it or muster it or, you know, and the truck drivers and the supermarkets. and the, But we don't actually put a price on what it costs the earth. How will society put a price on that? I don't have the answer, but... Oh, maybe Dave's got the answer. Hold on. <laughs> Brave man. Uh, so, um, no, I'm in way over my head, but I've got a microphone. I'm having a good time, so uh, I'll have a crack at it. I mean, it's amazing to see how capitalism and, and machismo extractive, you know, fossil capital, as, as some people like to call it, the fossil economy, is so neatly bound up in, in, in machismo um, and in narrow versions of masculinity. It's not a nurturing way of seeing the world. It's not a sustainable way of seeing the world. It's not good for people and it's not good for the planet. The importance of having people who are able to direct us and help us with this campaign can't be understated. They're amazing. But we've also connected with community groups, with Indigenous groups. It's a wonderful opportunity to bring community together to talk about the future. Yeah, that forces you to look at change if you're receptive to the change. And I guess that's the thing. You've got to be receptive to change to be able to change. And that's always the key. Once you're receptive to change, then it's a matter of identifying, you know, where that change is going to come from and how much change you're going to implement and really opening your mind up. Democracy is about turning up. Of course it is, but you've got to turn up with some great ideas and be there for the long haul. If it takes five years, if it takes ten, for the things you want to see change, then you have to be there and being smart, careful, militant, considered, all at the same time. Thank you. What some of the old people say is, how do you wake up the snake? How do you wake up the snake means how do you wake up the consciousness of the people to show that Aboriginal people have been living and creating an amazing knowledge system that can take us into a new millennium of a new economy based on that collective wisdom and the sharing between non-Indigenous and Indigenous people.
the North Kimberley is the only place in Australia which still has a full suite of mammals that were here prior to European occupation. You know, it's really a jewel in the Australian landscape. And so um, the indigenous rangers there, the Winnable Gambra mob, they're doing an incredible job in looking after that country and they're making a living from it. I was happy to hear Josh mention tradable energy quotas earlier on when he spoke because I, I agree this is a really potentially very useful policy tool that, uh, that could be used in planning to shift the direction of the economy. At the beginning of every year I say to our new students, my interest isn't in the wilderness in East Gippsland, it's in the wilderness looking at me across the room. If I can retain that wilderness, in fact make my students a little wilder, that is a little less predictable to myself, when they leave the room I've done the job. We have a, a great opportunity to actually pioneer the rebuilding of a, an economy that's in line with how nature worked in the first place, that is running with current solar energy, and then exporting that working knowledge to people who no longer feed themselves. There is one important thing, and that is being able to sit in silence. That is the most important thing that I've learned with Indigenous people. There was a cartoon, I don't know who uh, created it. It was a picture of um, this high building, skyscraper, and a figure is either jumped off or pushed off or, anyways, falling. Falling down is about the, you know, 10th floor and he's still going. And he says, so far, so good. You know? <laughs> and I thought, the things you're talking about there is absolutely spot on, isn't it? We're in a lot of chaos and stuff at the moment. But then you look down throughout history there's not been any shortage of that at times but I'd prefer to concentrate on the positive and the good and there's absolutely no shortage of good or great examples out there far more than just sustainable but is regenerative and that abundance thinking and that sharing caring attitude of no there is enough for all it's just a matter of how we utilize things food systems change in australia in particular will happen when there's a highly distributed network of of local food hubs or local food relationships what we need is a movement there's lots of good work happening around the new economy there's good work happening in businesses and communities and really pioneering policymakers. there's academics working on this but it's disconnected it's not sufficiently joined up or collaborative. So we need a movement, to an, an alliance to bring it together. A big reason I made the film is that I couldn't understand why I wasn't connecting with this subject. And I, I would often get halfway through an article and just shut down. And I've since learned that any time you get information that comes charged with fear or guilt, this limbic system gets activated which shuts down your prefrontal cortex, which is the area that allows you to think creatively and to problem solve. So you're actually shutting that down and you're going into that protectionist mode of the fear. And I thought, that's exactly what I do. I don't think this is going too far. I think the neighbourhood, the street where you live or the apartment block you live in, is the test bed of whether you've understood what it means to be human. You can't force change. All you can do is have solutions tried and proven and ready for when change comes and, and, the, and the people can go and grab their solutions. And that's what's happening at the moment.